I was reading John 15, halfway across the North Sea. So so why were you halfway across the North Sea? Because I was a fisherman, yeah. Okay, right. I, I, I left school before my 15th birthday. Wow. I was thrown on a fishing boat to see if I was going to like it that summer. And then I did that for 17 years. Seven to eight years I owned my own trawler. Wow. And uh, there was me with five, of a crew, six, five or six of a crew we were going out for weeks fishing. It was a Monday morning, beautiful day, May 1977. And I'm on the bridge, on the, in the wheelhouse, reading the New Testament. John 15, 6. Any branch in me that doesn't bear fruit, he cuts it off and throws it in the fire. Because I've got no theology. So, but God spoke directly to me about bearing fruit. Wow. And I had, he felt, his presence filled the wheelhouse of my boat. Uh, mm. the, the the New Testament was red hot mm. in my hand. I threw wow. it threw it down. You threw it down because literally it the fire it was it was fire in my wow. hand. Wow. And and I had this experience with God in that moment. Welcome to Passion and Purpose, a podcast with Jimmy Cyber and the Antioch Movement. Whether this is your first time with us or you've been with us for a while now, our desire is that by the end of our time together, you can say that you've fallen more in love with Jesus and have a greater passion for Him and His purposes in the earth. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope that you enjoy today's episode. Well, hey, everybody, it is so good to be together in these moments in the Passion and Purpose podcast. Thanks so much for joining us, being part of this journey. Hey, one of the things that we're going to be talking a lot about with uh, our revised or updated version of the book, Passion and Purpose, coming up and coming out, is uh, uh, just talking more about history, uh, kind of the Antioch history, our story, what God's done through the years. And man, I am so grateful today to be sitting here with my longtime friend and co-worker uh, in the kingdom, Joe Ewan. And many of you guys know Joe. He's been a pastor in Scotland, but it, for us as a movement, he's been a prophetic leader, pastor, um, but more than anything, a deep, deep, dear friend. So, Joe, it's great to have you. Glad yeah, you're here with us, brother. Yeah, great to be here. Great <laughs> so, to be So, um, hey, for those who don't know you and those that do, it'd be great to hear. Just give us a little context. Uh, a fisherman in north of Scotland, how'd you find Jesus and all that? And, and kind of then take us into your uh, adventurous journey with Jesus. So just go for it. Get us started. Well, I came to the Lord when I was maybe five, six, or seven. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was no discipleship in the church back then. Right. Um, and it wasn't until Yvonne and I got married. She had read in ninety in seventy five. She read the Cross and Switchblade. Oh wow! And she got saved through that. And then, of course, all the questions started on the power of the Holy Spirit. And of course, sure. we're in a Presbyterian church. And so, as you know, in that couple of years, she's grown in the Lord, and I was helping in church and doing all that stuff. Um, and then um, YWAM arrived. Their first ever outreach in Scotland came to a little village called White Hills, very close to us. Wow. And um, in that, she got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Wow. And then she would throw questions at me. You say you're a Christian, but you're not very enthusiastic, are you? 
And, you know, <laughs> in our house it led to a little intense fellowship. Yes, sir. It. Got it. Yes. And it was in that time she gave me a New Testament. And, of course, I was reading it. I was, I, I, in my own way, I was seeking the Lord. But I was very reserved, very shy. And so... um. I was reading John 15, halfway across the North Sea. So so why were you halfway across the North Sea? Because I was a fisherman, yeah. Okay, right. I, I, w I left school before my 15th birthday. Wow. I was thrown on a fishing boat to see if I was going to like it that summer. And then I did that for 17 years. Seven to eight years I owned my own trawler. Wow. And uh, there was me with five, of a crew, six, five or six of a crew we were going out for our weeks fishing. It was a Monday morning, beautiful day, May 1977. And I'm on the bridge, on the, in the wheelhouse, reading the New Testament. Uh -huh. John 15, 6. Any branch in me that doesn't bear fruit, he cuts it off and throws it in the fire. Because I've got no theology. Mm -hmm. so But God spoke directly to me about bearing fruit. Wow. And I had, he felt, his presence filled the wheelhouse of my boat. Uh, mm. the, the the New Testament was red hot mm. in my hand. I threw, wow. it, threw it down. You threw it down because literally the fire of God. Was, it was fire in my wow. hand. Wow. And and I had this experience with God in that moment and there. And it was it, it was momentarily. I, I can't remember how long it lasted, but it had a very, very profound effect on my life. So so when you so all right, you had this dynamic experience. You're out at sea. Yeah. What happens when you get home, or what? what well, happens? I was a week at sea. Got home on Friday, and then on the Saturday, we were speaking to some Waiwan people. Guy who became a father in the Lord to me back then, and and he he just shared. I told them what had happened to me and stuff, and but they left, and Yvonne and I are together, and we could never pray together, so we we did that, and then we went to bed. And I'm lying in bed. Now, this is totally out of character for me back then. Mm -hmm. But I'm lying in bed, and all of a sudden, I, in the midst of praying, I started to shout, Hallelujah! Praise the Lord! Mm. You know, over and over again. And then I started to shake all over. And as I said to people jokingly, this is before Toronto, you know, <laughs> and I'm... I'm saying, Yvonne, I don't know what's happening. I'm shaking, and I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Wow! Then all of a sudden, the room filled with a brilliant light. Wow! And I had, I was out of my bed, and and of course I'm saying, Oh, Yvonne, this must be Jesus coming to take me to heaven or something. And she's lying there, seven months pregnant. She says, Hey, mate, you're going nowhere. Mm. I'm going to have a baby, you know. <laughs> so, um, but what I didn't realize until a good while later that Jesus came into our room that night, mm. baptized me in the Holy Spirit, mm. and never even asked me. Oh, and never even he asked never, you. There was wow. no sweet music. There was wow. no, I'm not going to embarrass you because I'm in my boxer shorts. I'm out there <laughs> on the floor, you know, wow. and here, here we are. He and just visited you. He just visited me, oh, and wow. that was a big life changer. And, wow. of course, we um, went to Presbyterian Church that next day, and Yvonne was holding on to my coattail. And she said, please don't jump up, and please don't shout. And and, she, and, and again, everybody knew you. Oh, yeah. Fisherman, Fisherman reserved guy, yeah. man of few words. Respectable member of the community. Right. Okay. 
member of the church. They were trying to, wanted to make me an elder, but I kept saying no. And, uh, and, and so at this So you're time, so on fire, so... I'm so on fire, I'm ready to shout and swing on the chandeliers, in fact, <laughs> because we sat upstairs in the church. And then, and Yvonne said, oh God, I wanted him a little bit more enthusiastic, but this was, <laughs> this might be too much now. So we, we came through that experience and, um, at the long story short, we went to Youth for the Mission right. in 79. Mm-hmm. Did the DTS. That's where I learned something about prophecy. There was just one leader who used to annoy me. You know, he, he was walking through the, the, the corridors of this big house in the south of England. And every time he passed me, he said, oh, here's the prophet from the north. And I'm thinking, what's that guy saying? I don't even know what he's saying. And I remember one day going back to Yvonne in the room that we had. I said, that was that guy again. He said, here's the prophet from the north. My fishing boat's up in, a, in Scotland. I'm not in the north. I'm not making any profit. What's he talking about? Mm, mm. You know? <laughs> I'm not making any profit. <laughs> you thought it was yeah, about, about money. About money, yeah. you see. But uh, anyway, so, and then, of course, we... We have the um, the prophet comes into the school to minister to the students. And this guy, Tony Fitzgerald, walked up to me and he said, you ever prophesy? I said, no. He said, why? I said, I don't know. And then he laid hands on me. I fell on the ground and I'm lying there. And he points at me and he said, when I tell you, you will prophesy. Wow. And I'm, I walked to, he, he, he's over on the other side of the room. And he turns, and a little while later, he said, right, you, get over here and prophesy over this guy. Hmm. I walked across the room, laid hands on a guy, and I prophesied. Yeah, just a word, a word from the God. The word from God came, came guy. Um, without any prior experience or hmm. knowledge, to, to, be, to be truthful. And that was the start of the, the thing, you know. And it's like um, I say to people, because people ask me all the time, why can you do what you do? You get prophetic words, you'll have 50 or 60 people in a room. Every yeah. word will be different. Right. I said, well, in September 1979, a guy laid hands on me and prophesied over me. And I prophesied, and I've never stopped doing it since. Wow. It wow. just proves that scripture in Numbers 11, 20, 20, 27 where it says that God took some of the spirit that was on Moses, uh, put it on the 70 elders, and they prophesied. Uh, yeah. But they did not continue doing it. Wow. And that is the key, I believe, for anybody with that anybody. wants to move right. in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Right. You've got to keep doing it. Wow. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a whole huge deal. So uh, to talk about... Uh, in the future about just yeah. spiritual gifts and prophetic uh, unctions of God. Uh, but I know for you guys, you came out of that and God led you guys to start a church. Yeah. Which was a big deal in the small little town you were in. So, yeah. So what? Yeah. how did God speak to you and what were some of those early challenges and early victories of church planting? Well, that was a big deal because, <laughs> uh, of course, there was going to be, you know, tension in the local church that we were part the of because of the baptism of the Holy Spirit sure. that we were firmly believing in right. by that time. Sure. 
And uh, so we ended up leaving the, the Presbyterian church mm -hmm. and we joined another fellowship for, you know, a little further west. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but that didn't really work out for us. It was, um, you know, there was just some things there sure. that we don't need to go into. But it ended up that me and this other guy called Alan Parsons, he's now, he's, he'll soon be 99 years old. Wow. And we started this fellowship together with about 20 people. Now, were you, were you still, did you sell your trawler? Or yeah. You, oh, yeah. Yes, yeah. So I sold my boat. Um, I did that. You, you left know. your nets and followed him? I Literally? That, that was it. Literally. Lay down your nets and follow me. And huh. that was it. I did. Okay. And, uh, um, and, and yeah. And, and so there I was, 20 people. My wife is used to having me out of the house all week. And now I'm there. Huh. There's no space, you know what I mean? Sure. So I've got the old... you got to be more godly than you planned. More than I planned, let me tell you. <laughs> and so um, I've got, I have an office and a spare bedroom. I've got the old kitchen table and a chair and a telephone. Of course, every pastor needs a phone. And uh, I had a dictionary because I couldn't spell. I had a, a strong concordance and a Bible. And that wow. Was it. Wow. So, so... So here you go. We're talking a huge adventure. Yeah. Now, what I know, I'll fill in a couple of spaces, is you're from a little town called McDuff. Mm -hmm. 4,000 people yeah. in the town. It has a companion town called Banff. Yeah. About the same amount of people, uh -huh. right? So everybody knows you. Everybody knows yeah. your family. And to be kind of out there with Jesus in that small of a town, I mean, you were bold in the midst of your community. Was that tough or was it easy? Or how did uh, you guys get the church started in that small environment? Yeah, well, small town thinking, you know. Yeah. I would go to the grocery store. Of course, my new baby, Leslie, was, and, and no, it was Sarah was a baby by then. And uh, 1981, mm. and uh, and so I'm 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 in the grocery store on a Monday, and of course it was mainly women because it was predominantly a fishing and oil. Well, that's right. Yeah, you're not out at sea. Yeah, I'm not at sea. So they're all looking at me. What on earth are you doing here? Well, I'm Pastor Joe Ewan now. You, you know, and and it's like I get disparaging looks and oh. you, know, you know all these sort of things. So. I would always say that the first seven years of my ministry was like hell on earth. Sure. You know, because I was learning. I didn't, you know, and really, I, I once had a little booklet called The School of the Holy Spirit. Right. And I just sought to follow through what it said. Read mm. the Bible, you know, just get to know Jesus, spend mm. time with him. All that prayer walked the little town over and over again. Mm. And... Um, and yeah, and it, it just took a long time. I remember one time a friend, uh, Douglas McIntyre. Sure. He came to see me. I said, Douglas, we need to pray. You need to get a word from me. I don't know. I think I maybe need to go back to the sea or something. This is not working. You know, that was sure. where I was at. And uh, he said, okay, let's pray. And then after he prayed, he said, I've got a word. I said, oh yeah, great. I said, what is it? He said, you're a hard man. I said, pardon? Mm. You're supposed to get something to encourage, encourage me. me. <laughs> but he said, yeah. He said, let me tell you what it means. You've had to harden your face to go out to sea with a lot of men that didn't know sure. Jesus. You had to harden your emotions to leave your little kids and your wife at home. Um, and you had to be hard in the decisions that you made because of the weather and, 
you know, e e e economics and all sure. that sort of thing. He says, so that made you hard and the Lord is softening your heart. Wow. And that gave me a lot of understanding of where I was at. And it was then a journey of having your heart tended by the Lord. Wow. So it was 1989 now, I think. When we first yeah. Started, right? So it's 1989. And uh, we were with a missions group that was connecting local churches from America yeah. and Great Britain mm -hmm. and to, uh, to do outreach. And so we show up in your little town. I uh, didn't know you, didn't have an idea of anything. I think you probably had... Hundred folks, which for or more, you know, for a town like that, yeah, it was a big church. Oh, it was smaller than uh, that. Bit, was it? Seven, yeah. Oh, you know, I'm sure it was a hundred by the time we left because <laughs> <laughs> of our outreach. Uh, so yeah, but a handful of people, but obviously all in, on fire people. We did bold outreaches in the yeah. street. I mean, yeah. yeah. So so talk about that time uh, of us connecting. And kind of, uh, I'll give my perspective. What was your perspective of that little journey? Well, um, it was my friend Bill Rice that said, hey, will you take a team? Mm. Because I'm really stuck for some of these teams coming. And I was going on vacation. And so I said, right, right we'll take a team. So, and then you guys arrived. We came home from from vacation. There's all these Texans everywhere. <laughs> and, uh, and which was great. And then just started to get to know you. I don't know about prophesied over you then or mm -hmm. what it was. And then I remember you called me from Romania the right. next year. Right. Um, um, and you said, hey, this is a miracle. I'm even able to talk to you. Yeah. I said, I know. It's incredible. And then you flew to Scotland yeah. and you came to Glasgow. I was at a conference there yeah. and you came into the conference with me. We lived in this back bedroom of a little oh, yeah. apartment, yeah. and we used to walk down the road and talk. Yeah, yeah. And uh, my perspective is that as you talked, because you weren't sure what the new pastor was going to do with your ministry sure. and your vision, sure. and and I said, well, you're going to have to start a church. And you went, no, 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 I'm not going to start a church. <laughs> I said, you will. Um, and then and then I remember saying to you, if you start a church, I'll come and help you. I don't know what I'll do, but I'll come and help you. Yeah. And then, and I said, said to you, if you need me to come and talk to your pastor, I'll come and talk to him. Yeah. And you stopped in your tracks and you said, you would come and talk to my pastor for me. Yeah. I said, of course I would. And you would come and help me if I started a church. I said, of course I would. Yeah. You know, and I think that that in itself was a strong part of the link. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it just, out of the nature of who I am, if I sure. build a relationship, I'm loyal to it. Yes. Oh, and, uh, of course, yeah. I would call you with no sense of time change. Right. And back then, and then, you know, the old... Dial it up. Dial yeah. it up phone and sure. check and see if you were up in the morning. Yeah. Share any word. My first accountability you. partner was yeah. Joe. <laughs> Somehow he couldn't figure out that he was six to seven hours ahead. <laughs> so often at 5 a.m. or 6 a.m., he uh, he would call me and just, hey, how you doing, brother? And I said, well, you know, I'm just getting the day rolling here, man. <laughs> um, but I, I want to fast forward to that, you know, because one of the things that Laura and I prayed so many years ago when we started, we, we left everything like you did, you know, mm -hmm. in the way that we, um, we left family. That was a, a given. We left our relationships and friendships to mm -hmm. really just say we're all in for Jesus. 
And God put a prayer in our heart. God, would you send us marvelous comrades who fear your name? And I, as we're just sitting here even, you know, 30-something years later, yeah. 32 years later, I thought, you know, God answers those those prayers of our heart, right? Because uh, he wants to give us people to walk with that are like-hearted, yeah. like-minded. I think for all of us, you know, you had to literally sell your boat and follow yeah. him. We had to let go of everything and follow him. But I love that scripture in Luke, that God will give back mothers and fathers and houses mm. and lands yeah. in this life and in the life to yeah. come. Yeah. But I, I uh, Lauren, I just so treasure you and Yvonne and your love for us and your loyalty and your faithfulness. And, you know, we're sitting here today. Yeah. And we both believe it's our greatest days yet. Amen. Right? Amen. But I want to do one other story before we <clears throat> end today. And that is, uh, it's 1991, and uh, we, uh, uh, that Romania thing had happened, right? And you had come to Waco visit and mm -hmm. all that. And uh, it was the weekend, and I had gone, and uh, this guy in California uh, had come over to me in a seminar guy I'd never met, gave me a piece of paper with a scripture on it. I get back to Waco on a Sunday night service. Kurt Mailer walks across the way. Gives me a piece of paper, 6 a.m. on cue, yeah, of course, making sure that I'm spending time with yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, 6 a.m., he calls me, and uh, and Joe says, hey, how you doing? I said, I'm doing good, you know, and he said, I have a word for you. I've been praying for you all weekend. God spoke to me, Isaiah 54, 2 and 3, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch out your curtains, lengthen your cords, and strengthen your cords, uh, length, strengthen your pegs, spare not. Uh, for you will spread abroad to the right and the left. Your descendants will possess nations and resettle desolate cities. And I said, Joe, guy in California gave me this scripture, Isaiah 54, 2 and 3, two days ago. Yesterday, uh, I got a scripture, Isaiah 54, 2 and 3. My goodness, I think we're in for something, brother, that's above and beyond all Amen. we could ask or think. And so I want to end there and say, hey, what a great ride it's been. Amen. And Isaiah 54, 2 and 3 has been a promise for us as a community. And the great thing about it is there is no end to it. Like this, Amen. Day, and, and we're just really on the front end of this, aren't we? And we're still building on it. Hallelujah. So, so speaking of that, uh, we'll end today, but I want to bring you back here in a few days and us talk about, all right, let's fast forward 32 years because the time's now, Amen. God's speaking. And let's 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 uh, share with everybody what we feel like God's saying for now. Yeah. All right. Love you, brother. Yeah, I love you too. Thank you. God bless you. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Passion and Purpose, a podcast with Jimmy Seibert and the Antioch Movement. For more information, please visit jimmysibert.com and antioch.org. We'll see you next time.